0: There he goes. One of God's own prototypes. A high powered mutant of some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, and too rare to die. Welcome to episode 100 of the Digital Freemason Podcast for the week of January 5th, 2009. I'm your host, Scott, and I'll be taking along my excellent adventures through the world of short Masonic educational papers. Like always, this and all other papers are available at the website www.thedigitalfreemason.com and I encourage you to swing by and check it out. So here we are at episode 100 um, and also into the new year. Hope you had yourself good holidays. I know I certainly did. It's amazing now that the holidays are done that I just, now that I could really use a holiday, get some rest. This episode comes from the con- committee... Masonic Education in the Grand Lodge of Canada in the province of Alberta. And I picked this one because I think this is something that's important not only for Freemasonry, but for for people in general. And it deals with some of the methodologies and how to go forward and, and make speeches and how to publicly speak. And I know that there's a, a number of Masons that I know that are members of Toastmasters and that's always a good way to get together and get talking. And It's important if you know how to talk and you talk with confidence then people look at you and they listen to you and you get your ideas across and really in this world it's all about communications. So we'll get going with this one right now. This piece on standing up to speaking. During the past few years there's been an explosion of the volume of information disseminated by the communication media. This huge increase in available information has had the effect of a swamp pen, the recipient of the extent that only a very small proportion of it can be assimilated. So much material is available that there is not enough time to carefully consider one segment of information being passed hurriedly on to the next. The critical problem is how to keep genuinely informed amidst the mass of material that we receive each day. A personal tendency can be to digest only enough to subsist on. The tragedy lies in the fact that this could produce an age of ignorance. Our task is to make our own presentations appealing enough to force other material to be set to the side. If we are able to communicate our message, we must attract and hold the attention of the listener. Perhaps the information that follows may assist you to stand on your feet and speak intelligently. Few of us will become great orators, but wonderful pleasures can be derived from the knowledge that we can speak to a group and hold their interest. There is no guarantee of success. All that is asked is that you use your full potential. All humans have about the same capacity, but desire and determination raise leaders from the crowd. The foremost are those who ask, what am I going to do, rather than what is going to happen? Great speeches are made not entirely by strength of knowledge, but by perseverance and an irresistible desire to create something. To do nothing is not only to fail, but is also to tread a dull and uninteresting path. It can only be hoped that each reader will obtain pleasure from this information and some assistance in the preparation of speeches. I ask only that you listen to the words with a tolerant heart and try to find within them some small particle of guidance. Therefore, let pleasure and education unite in a friendly bond. First, looking at the preparation of a speech in general. The success of a speech is dependent on the tome extent of your knowledge of the subject matter. If you do not understand the topic, this lack will be communicated to your audience. Believe in what you say. Generally, it is best to talk about your own ideas, your own convictions, and your own feelings. But, in earnest, your enthusiasm will affect the audience. If, however, the topic is strange to you, more research and thinking must go into the speech. This, in itself, is exciting, for there is a thrill in research, in exploring a subject, It resembles the work of a detective searching for and following clues until he reconstructs the entire story. Education is a product spun from the threads of research, and education itself has several useful powers. The power to be refined and well-mannered, the power of reflection, the power of growth in mind and comprehension, and the power to do something. In all cases, put what you want to say into writing. Examine it, read it aloud, and listen to it. Does it make sense? Do you have a beginning and an end? Criticize it. Find fault. Ask yourself questions. In this way, you test the soundness of your ideas and also anticipate objections. To speak effectively is not a gift, but an acquired talent. A speech should have three parts. An introduction that is short and pithy. The core, which is the idea to be discussed. And then a conclusion, which summarizes very quickly the major points that you wish to stress. An excellent way to train yourself is to rewrite an article from a newspaper or magazine, and reduce it to a summary. You will be you will improve your command of the language and be able to express ideas in a simple, straightforward, and efficient manner. Tell yourself that you can do it, and you will. Don't leave matters to chance or rely upon Lady Luck. Try to do something. You will be aware of your potential and your capabilities. Once you have tried and feel that you can do it, then polish your skills. And make it sparkle. All of us can converse with other members of society, but when we are asked to speak to an audience, we usually fall apart at the seams. There is really no need for this, and effective speaking is only a conversation with a large group of people. The greatest fear is a fear of failure. Fear can be useful, however, because it will force you to take the steps to see that what you fear doesn't happen. The feeling of nervousness and tension is induced by inex- inexperience in public speaking or apprehension about how the speech will be received. Don't worry about these matters. Concentrate on being relaxed. There are many sources for ideas. A list of these could include public libraries, Masonic libraries, medieval libraries, or, and even your own personal life. The Proceedings of the Grand Lodge of Canada or your own Grand Lodge. The Bible, base it on someone else's speech. Even magazine and news articles. The ritual that you follow, chartered bank letters, or even your holiday or business travel. The list is almost endless. If you are serious about becoming a reasonably intelligent and interesting speaker, your collection of ideas must be a continuous and almost reflex action. To be a good leader, one must first learn to obey and to follow. The same principle operates in speaking. To be a good speaker, one must have to be a good listener. So force yourself to listen to what is said, even though the major speaker may be introduced at a later hour. Carry a small notebook in which to make notes on anything that interests you. Inevitably, there is one phrase or sentence that you can write in your notebook. These notes and ideas may not be used for months, but put them aside and think about them. Let your mind flow freely. Conjure up extensions to the theme that is being developed. Let your mind roam to view all the aspects of the subject. Be flexible flexible. If you feel you have maintained this lifelong consistency in your ideas, then you have learned very little from your experiences. Before you realize that you will have a speech. It may not be strictly on the same topic, but run parallel to it or even just be an extension. The important point is that it represents your own thoughts and therefore you will know your subject. An example is, consider the closing moments of every meeting when we are enjoined to lock up the secrets in our hearts. These few simple words provoke some thoughts. What are our secrets? Is masonry a secret society? Do we lock up masonry also on leaving the lodge? Do we lock up our principles? Should we take masonry into our daily routine lives? Another example is the junior warden tells us that we're called from labor to refreshment. What do you mean refreshment? How should we occupy this time? Is it refreshment simply to the mind, or to the body, or to both? Don't ignore the small seemingly insignificant ideas. Out of them comes the bigger ideas. The oak begins as an acorn. Cultivate an inquiring, curious mind. To think is to compose, to notice differences, to classify these and arrive at a conclusion. In short, to think is to be a reasoning human being. Your mind has accumulated ideas and knowledge simply by living. Facts have been collected and checked for accuracy. Books and papers have been researched and out of all this comes the distillation of, from your own mind. Consider all aspects of the idea. Start with some easy cases. Is light the opposite of darkness? Is good the opposite of bad? Many would consider them opposites. But perhaps you could make the case that there are shades of the same thing. Uh, now when it comes to delivery, you have to prepare a speech. And you have to deliver it. So consider that some of the following points. If you are in a formal situation and speaking from a raised head table, a stage, or a platform, make sure you survey the position of the microphone cords or other obstacles. Nothing destroys the dignity of an occasion much more quickly than falling on the weight of the microphone. Insist on a lectern and a light. After the introduction, rise slowly and move to the microphone with confidence, remembering the position of the obstacles that you have already superstitiously refound. Smile even if it hurts. Be reasonably slow. Give yourself time to become accustomed to the fact that you are now at the center of all eyes. Look at the audience. Stand firmly yet comfortably. Don't rush into your speech. Wait for quiet. And remember that grooming is important. Always wear a suit and tie or tuxedo at the occasion demands it. There should also be a few rules to be followed. Make sure your shoes are shined. Remove pens and pencils from outside pockets. Remove bulky articles from your pockets. Wear a discreet tie pin, if you must wear one at all. Remove loose change or keys from your pockets of your trousers. Make sure that your suit is neatly pressed and that your shirt is fresh. The reason for this is that you will feel better if you are dressed and comfortable, but more importantly, the audience will not be distracted by some flashy article of your attire. You must remember that you want the audience to look at you, not as a sparkling, large diamond pin. Now there are several don'ts that you have to remember. Don't button or unbutton your coat. Don't scratch your ear or clean it out with one finger. If you must have exercise, simply wiggle your toes. Don't play with loose change or keys that will sound like a one-man band. Don't blow into or tap or run your fingernails over the microphone. It is a delicate instrument, and if you must test it when it is alive, simply speak into it. Don't apologize for speaking. And don't end your speech by saying, I think that's all I have to say. Don't thank the audience. Remember that you have put a lot of time and effort into the speech, and they should be thanking you. Don't use a particular joke if you feel it may not be totally acceptable. If you wish to be humorous, make the humor relevant. Don't continually move spectacles and replace them. Don't say that you have not spoken in public too often, and therefore must be forgiven for making errors. Don't hop from one foot to the other, and don't let your voice drop at the end of a sentence. The above may seem inordinately difficult, But try to discipline yourself against falling into these traps. Practice in front of your mirror at home to see whether you have any distracting mannerisms, and see yourself as the audience will see you. Good breathing is essential, so try to train yourself to use your diaphragm and speak from your stomach to give power and control to your voice. When you speak, some air leaves the body through the nose, the rest through the mouth. Resonance is obtained by the reinforcement of the voice in the head, nose, and mouth. The task of the lips and the tongue is to shape the breath as it leaves the body to produce tone and modulation. Try breathing deeply each day using your diaphragm. Try to read several lines of poetry without drawing a breath. Practice taking a deep breath and then letting out slowly, checking to see how long it takes. On your way to the microphone, take several quick deep breaths to ease the general tension of your body. If you are able to be alone prior to the speech, talk out loud using your voice. In this way, your vocal cords will be ready to perform instantly from the beginning of your talk. Don't use your throat for speaking. Nervousness contracts the muscles in the throat and produces a hoarse voice. Act as if you are unafraid or you will not be and you will not be afraid. Use a tape recorder and listen to your voice. Does it have depth, power, resonance, vibrancy, and a sense of enthusiasm? There must be a sense of communications, so the words and speech that you use show your educational background. People will judge you by the words you speak, by what you say, and how you say it. Learn to play with words and ideas. Watch your pronunciation and use of words. Invest in a good dictionary and Roger's thesaurus. Know the difference between words such as between and among, but and and, can and may, compare and contrast, shall and will. Avoid such phrases as, it seems to me, perhaps, in my opinion. Use natural terms of speech. Do not employ long words to show that your education. The audience won't care if they fail to understand you. It is equally important that the ideas you wish to convey are not only heard but understood, but also remembered by your audience. Vary the pitch of your voice, but be natural. Change the rate of speaking. Slow down or speed up, occasionally. For emphasis on important words, pause before and after them, so as to isolate the information and highlight it. Another effective method is the emphasis of a a short silence. Don't create or nurture mental blocks that say you can't do something. Maybe you won't be the star of the show, but at least you will have tried and will have utilized your own talents. Don't let them atrophy. Believe in your own self-worth and you will succeed. There there are three questions that have to be answered. When giving a speech, what do I wish to accomplish? What are the interests of the people to whom I shall be talking? What are the facts I wish to tell them? So for delivery, the previous parts can be summed up by the question, Why am I speaking at all? Obviously there must be a reason, some of which shall be explained here in detail. First is to present a topic clearly, and we must know the subject matter to be able to explain it clearly. Do your own research thoroughly. Learn more about the topic than will be necessary. Refine your ideas so that they present a logical procession, and lead the audience through the subject step by step. If you describe something, relate it to something else that people will know and comprehend. A simple example is the statement that Tokyo has 10 million people. That's hard to grasp. Instead, say that Tokyo has five times the population of Toronto. This is a comparison that can be readily understood, so use words or phrases that invoke a mental picture. To impress and convince, we have to choose our reasons and facts and their arrangement in a method of presentation that must follow the interest of the people you are are addressing. Appeal to the impulse, emotions, and instincts of the people. They need to be appreciated. Flatter them a little bit. Don't obscure your message with a false sentiment or trying to be too simple. Tell them your object and then give, give them something to think about. A little education mixed in is bait to gain greater interest. In order to swim, you must sometimes be out of your depth. Every idea or thought that enters the mind is immediately taken as truth, unless a conflicting idea arises to cast doubt upon it. Try to be convincing, therefore. Do not permit conflicting ideas to enter your speech. When you speak about your subject, do not talk about it in terms of what you are against. It is sensible to be against some things, but make sure your audience knows what you stand for. You are responsible for your own success or failure. Suggestion is necessary. Advertising is based on suggestion. The advertiser does not offer proof. He just tells you what you want to believe. Repeat your ideas to gain emphasis and acceptance. Tell the audience that you are going to tell them something, then tell them, then tell them again. Simply, this is reinforcement. To motivate the group, demonstrate that you are interested in the subject by your own enthusiasm and optimism, and this spirit will be transferred to the audience. Speaking with conviction and earnestness. Be positive and talk of success. Never let thoughts of failure enter into your speech. Always appeal to what you will move your audience. Replace one motive, that being their desire to fall asleep, with another, their desire to listen, to understand and to act. Presumably, the object of getting action from a group is to rectify or change a bad situation. You must explain the need for change. You must not only give your solution in detail, but explain why it is the best. Finally, list the benefits to be derived from following your suggestion and the immense satisfaction to be derived by those who have taken an active part. But, above all, be very clear in your mind as to what you want your group to achieve. And the last one is to entertain, and this is the hardest one of the group. We can't all be comical or entertaining. Investing in a good joke book and relating some humorous incidents to life is always a good thing. Always remember that you are doubtful about whether to tell a particular joke, then don't tell it. Do not be afraid to show that you have notes. They are not intended to be hidden. But never memorize your speech, because it will usually sound quite dull. As has a tendency to concentrate on remembering the words than it is on the content itself. Remember, that the finest exemplary speeches have always been well written. So I like that, you know, and that's something that as I do these podcasts, I have to keep in mind even myself, remembering not to jingle things or just sort of twiddle my thumbs. I know I have a lot of nervous habits, but I can speak from experience that the more that I do it, the more comfortable I become and the better I become at it. So I just want to send a quick shout out to uh, Brother Alan and Brother Isaac who helped me out on a project for my son. And uh, we're still awaiting the, the final arrival of the project, but everything's looking like it should be shaping up fairly good. As well as got a my first donation in about six months uh, to help defray some of the costs running of the website and uh, the podcast. That's always greatly appreciated to help uh, defer my costs so if you would like you can always hit the donate button at the uh, website and uh, everything will be greatly appreciated all processes through paypal and ends up with me and it's definitely not a, a for-profit and i prefer not to have sponsors and that sort of thing so i always am very appreciative when there is a donation that comes through so if you need to get a hold of me you can always email me at podcast at the digitalfreemason.com Swing by, check out the site, and leave a comment in the guest book. And so until next time, be sure to keep the shiny side up.